If you're looking for a fun, informative, and inspirational podcast, please check your listings for another podcast. Welcome to The Lighter Side of Dark, Season 3. Two of the world's greatest podcasters could not make it this evening. Instead, here are your hosts, Solio and Smith. Top of the morning to you, Mr. Solio. Oh, we must be celebrating St. Patty's then. Today. We are celebrating St. Patty's Day. Today is uh, uh, March the 17th, the honorable day where we... we I did, Can you say honorable more than once in a sentence and still sound like you're, you're making sense? I think so. Then you're just being extra honorable. You're, we're, you're we're, just we're honoring the great St. Patrick today. That's why it's St. Patty's Day. Or as Americans call it, get drunk in the middle of the week. Right. Any excuse to drink green beer over here is, is what we're looking for, really. Um, how, how long do you think we could... I'm going to run with the, I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna by, go, by golly, I'm going to run with this as long as I possibly right. can. We got, we got listeners in the Emerald Isle, Paul. I'm, we I'm got, sure they'll... they'll we got be. listeners over in Ireland. I'm sure like like one percent. One one percent. When they put when they put that that little uh, sideways V, does that mean more than one or less than one? I think that is a. I think I think it's greater than, greater than. Greater is, than or, one. Or is it less? It used to be. It. I remember they said it's like the mouth is eating, the other the other one. Crump, crump, crump. So, so it's Pac-Man. Like that sort oh, of. Oh, that's thing. a great. That's a great. kind of made the Pac-Man. If it's eating, the it eats the bigger Remember number. Remember back in the day when you played video games, you put a quarter in, you had seven, eight, ten minutes of entertainment. Oh. I remember a place you took me one time in Atlantic City where I put a quarter in a window and I got quite a bit of entertainment. Well, you know what? Uh, different cities have different. Her time. name was Diamond, <laughs> with a Y. <laughs> I do. I do what I. I do, I do what I can to. Well, uh, today we're going to be. Do, we're going to be doing all things Irish. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, our featured music artist is the absolute late, great, and wonderful, spectacular Sir George Ivan Morrison. As exactly. You. That's exactly what I was about to say. But I was just going to say Van. Oh yeah. That but, for uh, sure. Yeah, one, one of the most uh, famous uh, Irish. Uh, Musicians of all time. We're going to be featuring him today. Well, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, we were going to do another artist. I don't even remember who the hell it was, but we bumped him like the late great Michael Bolton because we celebrate. Well, you have to celebrate when it's it's appropriate. I think it. I think it's appropriate. We celebrate his entire catalog. I think we're going to be doing this for the rest of the season, Paul. You may as well pay attention. Well, we do I need to hold up a sign? Say we celebrate the man's entire catalog. <laughs> It all started that one night. Oh, I got to say, Michael you know, I, I truly, it's 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 one of my favorite days of the year, especially in in the DJ world, because I've got I got some stories to tell. Oh, I bet you've seen about some. about some things I've seen at at, at uh, drinking establishments where yeah. adults did some awfully crazy yeah, things uh, uh, under the influence. Rumor has it in America when when they when they drink too much, they uh, they do some stupid things, unlike us. Over in Ireland, with this, you know, that's like water. Well, I'm going to lie to the listeners and tell them that I get drunk all the time, but I've never been drunk in my life. Well, they don't have to know it. It's just as far as they know, you just have a great tolerance. i got to be honest with I'm you. I'm turning Scottish. My jaw's hurting. Oh, my God. I'm my turning jaws. Scottish. My... No, at least I didn't. Bre- at least I didn't completely break into Jamaica, because it, usually my Irish accent just morphs it, slowly. It was starting to, because it's tough. 
it's a it's an exhausting uh, dialect to do if you're not if you're not comfortable like with doing it every day. So I think it's a happy language though. It's it a happy like. accent and a happy language. With all that Guinness, you know. <laughs> I mean, some of the best scenes watching these Irishmen just beat the hell out of people, and they look like they're happy doing it. Yeah, they just seem like are very happy people. It's, it's so, just uh, part of the culture, I think. You know, they beat the beat the shit out of each other, and then like, oh, let's go have a let's go have a cold one. I like that one movie where Liam Neeson plays that guy who's really soft-spoken, but he's got... Uh, but then he, like, kills people very, very quickly. What was oh, that, that one, one called? That one movie. All of them? Yes. Man, That's my, the my, one. My wife said one night, she goes, oh, look, there's a new Liam Neeson movie. Seen it. She goes, when did you see it? When it was called Taken. Taken. <laughs> when it was called the one where he was on the airport. When he was in the Arctic. It's just, oh, my God. <clears throat> he got but, really... But I will tell you, his cameo scene in Ted 2 was absolutely hilarious. He comes to the grocery store, and Ted's there. Liam Neeson walks up, and he's got a box of Lucky Charms. And he goes, I'll be taking this. And Ted goes, yeah, whatever. It's not my place. I don't care. Steal all you want. Good. I'll be taking this. And he just walks out. <laughs> That's gr- so gr- random. <laughs> great scene. Great movie. With, without an absolute doubt. Um and, and what probably, I mean, I've been doing this 32 years, so you figure I've done at least um, probably twice that many, because I would sometimes do a St. Patrick's Day party the day before, sometimes right. do a three-day weekend yeah, at a bar. They, absolutely, might have a Friday party in honor of St. Patrick's Day, because it's yeah. coming up. Yeah. And um, I, I gotta, I'm going to tell a quick story here, because there was a, um, and it still is, still is, it is a fantastic um, little little bar down in uh, down in Indian Rocks Beach called JD's. Now, JD's was really my first experience into an Irish bar. I hadn't been DJing all that long, but it was around this time in 1991 where um, I went through my second divorce. Okay, a few days before. Um, things weren't working out between my wife and I, and I just got up one night and left. And the next week was St. Patrick's week. So I get a gig middle of the week. And I, so I, I call the owner of, of JD's and I mean, I'm just getting ready to go. I'm getting ready to go through a divorce. I don't really have a stable place to live. And I get this gig and I call her and she's like, you know, I want nothing but Irish music played for the entire three hours. And I rolled my eyes just yeah. like you just did. <laughs> so I said, know. are you sure? And she goes, I'm the one who's paying you. It's St. Patrick's Day. I want Irish music played. Okay. So I go into the office and I grab two or three Irish albums because that's what we had at that point. Mm-hmm. And I figured for the three hours I could rotate a couple cassettes I had, a couple records that I had, and a couple albums. That was basically it. And she was getting snotty with me on the phone, so I thought, fine, I'm just going to play this. So I sat there. I sat at a gig, which is extremely no, rare that for me. Definitely. She had taken like all the fun out of this. Well, I started playing this crappy Irish music, and, and it's crappy. It's not even the good stuff. This was just old, traditional Irish albums. And people at the bar are looking at me like, why did I hire a DJ to just play oh and I kept looking at him going hey I'm doing what the owner of the place yeah. says to do sorry and her and her initials were JD she owned the place right so 
Fast forward two hours and 45 minutes into a three-hour gig. This guy walks over, slaps $5 down the table, says, play anything but Irish music, please. And I said, okay. So I threw on Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl, Irish. Figure if the owner came over and started giving me any static. People started dancing in this bar with no dance floor. Imagine that. I mean, Brown Brown Eyed Girl, and it works. It does. It it works. It's a great dance song. It does work. So... They, they start dancing, and she walks over to me, and she goes, okay, you can you can get off the Irish music for a while and play other kinds of music. And I'm like, well, I'm about to go overtime. Well, you can play, yeah, you can play so, two, two songs. And she goes, well, how much is overtime? I said 60 bucks an hour. And she goes, all right, I'll pay it. So the last hour, I did a nice mixture of Irish, an occasional Irish jig, because they were dancing. <clears throat> they would, now they were dancing to an Irish jig. We're two hours earlier. Right. They were bored now you're it. doing the job that you were going to do if she didn't open her big mouth, basically. Right. So she uh, she ends up hiring me for the next nine years. Wow. I was there. That was my place. That was where I went every year. That was your audition that night. <laughs> and during that time period, um, I went up to uh, Pensacola, Florida, to a place called Molly McGuire's. <clears throat> okay. And I'm here to tell you, that <clears throat> place was an Irish pub Extraordinary. In the very sense of the word. And there was a song that they sang live. Okay. And and I, I I laughed and had so much fun with this song. I come to find out they sold a cassette tape of one of their Irish events in their little gift shop area. Okay. So I bought it. Now, the song is called The Seven Drunken Nights. All right, and it's and it's and you have to listen to the lyrics. I can't play the whole song again because I don't want to end up having to pay for it. But it's it's a it's got it's call out where this guy goes. Okay. Um, well, I'll play a little bit of it and then. As I came home on Monday night, as drunk as drunk could be, I saw a horse outside the door where my old horse should be. Well, I called to me wife and I says to her, Listen. Will you kindly tell to me who owns that horse outside the door where my old horse should be? I are drunk, you're drunk, you silly old fellow Still you cannot see For that's a lovely sow that me mother sent to me Well, it's many's the day I travel A hundred miles or more But the saddle on the sow I've never seen before It's called The Seven Drunken Nights So he comes home on Monday night as drunk and drunk could yeah. be um, I saw a horse outside the door where my own horse should be, so I calls to my wife and I says to her, and everybody in the bar stood up and yelled, Hey, wife, you ugly bitch. <laughs> I love it. And you go, Would you kindly explain to me who owns that horse outside the door where my own horse should be? And then he goes into the thing, uh, You're drunk, you're drunk, you silly old fool, till you cannot see, but that's a lovely sow that my mother gave to me. And then he goes, well, I've never seen a saddle on a sow. I've... <laughs> So this goes on for the seven nights, and and the crowd's getting louder and louder, screaming at the top of their lungs, Hey, wife, you ugly bitch! So, much like the James Taylor story that we talked about last week, Oh yes, with the cuss word coming out in the song, I bought that cassette 
and I took it to JD's. But I forgot that was on there. So, sure enough, the song starts playing. Everybody in the bar is enjoying listening to it, but they don't know the call-out. Okay, I was, gonna, I was a little worried. And then all of a sudden it says, Hey, wife, you ugly bitch! And everybody laughed hysterically. So I saw them kind of get into it, so I grabbed the microphone and said, All right, get ready, because you guys got to do the call-outs for the rest. So whenever he says, and I call him my wife, and I says to her, You all stand up and yell, Hey, wife, you ugly bitch! There's the owner, she's back there laughing hysterically. And that became the, we would do that sometimes three times a night. It's hilarious. I love how some of these Irish songs, the casual alcoholism and misogyny, it's like all such light and fun that everybody is enjoying themselves. They're the only people I know who could, who could make that a reality. It's, yeah. the, it's the happiest sounding song in the world, and it's about getting drunk and coming home yeah. hammered, and oh God, my wife, is that a cow or my wife? Yet it sounds like you're, 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 you're in the shower with Irish Spring. Oh, it, but, and, and, and this thing is, is you know, uh, who owns that pipe beside the chair where my own pipe should be? And she was, oh, that's a lovely wooden spoon that my mother gave to me. It's just got all these excuses, and it, it's absolutely hilarious. It's one of, my, one of my favorites. What amazes me about the song itself, though, is that they haven't done a redneck version of it. Can you imagine taking that and changing it into a redneck version? Oh, I'm I'm sure it could be done. A country version. C- country version of uh, you know, the the, uh, the call out. It, it could be. Well, I came to the trailer on Monday night. As drunk as drunk could be. I saw a horse. I saw a saw a truck outside the door where my own truck should be. So I called my wife and said to her, "Hey, wife, you ugly bitch." <laughs> Who owns that truck outside the door where my own truck should be? And then she could come on and go, Ah, oh, you're drunk, you're drunk, you stupid ass, stupid ass fool. They could you know what, it really, that. it really would work. It kind of reminds me like of almost like a Hank Jr. song. Like, uh, um, Well, now you'd have to have Toby Keith sing. Uh, yeah, Toby Keith would be the, the more modern version. Um, yeah, I, he could, and he could probably, he might be one of the few that could get away with it. You know, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff now because everyone's all over it. But it... it, it you know, when it's all in good fun, why, you know, can we all just laugh? You know? I think I'm going to open yeah. up a cold one. <sighs> oh, no drinking on the job? You're no gonna... drinking on the job. We <laughs> talked about doing this show high once. Uh-oh. Anyway, I just thought I'd have to do mine with Oxy or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, just snort a line, uh, crushed up pills before we go on, and then let the magic happen. And uh, at that same place, um, many, many years later, we did an Irish jig comp- competition. And, uh, legitimate jig competition. Yeah, uh, a, a, a legitimate jig competition. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure I've got... Now, uh, how do we... Do you get uh, official judges for that? How do... Is the audience yeah. judging, kind of gauging? Because I would be... I wouldn't know what techniques to look for. Maybe rhythm. It's kind of like a flamingo. You stand on one leg and you kick the other leg underneath. Yeah, okay. And you spin in a circle and stuff. So we're doing an Irish jig competition. It was for like a $25 bar tab. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or all the green beer you could drink, whatever it was at that particular uh, juncture. And uh, these these two guys got up and started doing this, doing these just the stupid... <laughs> ass parody of an Irish jig sure. and then they started they hooked ankles like hidden play yeah. and, around. and then one of them fell back completely hit a stool cracked the back of his head wide open oh, God. he's bleeding all over the place Whoop. so 
And, you know, and I have learned in my career, when something like that happens, keep the music playing, don't stop the music and draw a bunch of attention right, to it, right, okay. so on and so forth. They come back from behind the bar with a towel and an ice, and an ice bag. And so I'm on the microphone going, uh, you know, wow, man, that was, that was a, you know, you did a great job with your routine, but you didn't stick to landing. <laughs> and he got up and danced the rest of the Irish jig with an ice pack Oof. on the back of his head. Ow. And just literally out of sympathy, we gave him the $25 bar tab. As they're, they didn't wheel him out on a, on a stretcher, but the paramedics came and had to take him oh, to the hospital wow, just to, to come back with nine stitches, I found out. Man, hey, that's a trooper right there. Oh my wow. gosh, that's uh, for for anyone who thinks that DJ is a glamorous job. This you're getting the real stories. Uh, this this is how things really go when you're DJ. I had a grandmother at a wedding fall and break her leg doing the chicken dance. Oof, man! They carried her off to the side, sat her up, stretched her leg out, called the paramedics. Paramedics came, and I got on the microphone and said, "Ladies and gentlemen, I was just over talking to Linda. She doesn't want the party to stop. This is her granddaughter's wedding." <laughs> They're going to take her, get her leg taken care of. She's fine. She's happy. She's not even in pain, but she doesn't want you all over there gathering around yeah. her, staring at her. And that's where 60 people were. <clears throat> Finally, they like turned around and looked at me. I said, I'm only saying what she said to me. Yeah. Please don't ruin her granddaughter's wedding. Please enjoy yourself. She just hurt herself, and she's going to be gonna taking turn care of Turn it into a spectacle. My yeah. goodness. It's, I know it's human nature because to be concerned, but that, that would be weird. Yeah. take all the attention. Well, it's kind of like when you're sitting at the dinner table with somebody and you can tell they took a sip of water the wrong way and they're coughing. Everybody at the table stops and just stares at them. Are you, are you, okay? Are you okay? You expect somebody to go, nope, I, I'm, I'm about to die right <laughs> now because I got a teensy bit of water in my esophagus. You know, I give know. me a break, people. I don't make a big deal about that. If I see somebody's choking, you know, yeah. I, you need anything? You good? Right. It's but then I, I'm right back to, you know, my, yeah. my own business. <laughs> So, um, <clears throat> can you think of any uh, St. Patrick's Day stories, whether DJing or not? That uh... St. Patrick's Day, I always would uh, would try to avoid going out on St. Patrick's Day because I'd I'd actually rather be on the working end of it because then I could set up a barrier, let everyone have their fun, and just play music in the back and let them dance whatever they're doing. But I I don't like to be surrounded or in the midst of people when they've had that much green beer. Because uh, you just never know when an elbow might fly and, and hit you stray, clock you. It's, uh, it's dangerous to be. It's weird thinking about crowds now. It's been so long. But I, I've been to McDinton's and other places where you just pack like sardines, even if you just what, want to get what, through. What Maggie did for me down at JD's for many years is she had uh, a mug back in the back. And she would fill it with green tea. And add two drops of the green food coloring to oh, it. It nice. looked like green beer, and bring it to me. Then they look like if you're if it looks like you're drinking, they might drink more. That too. is exactly what it was. Yep, that is exactly what it was. It's like oh, he's doing it, guys. Let's party. Let's yeah. have fun. And oh, and when people uh, and this goes w- without saying, in this business, if if you know you're hosting karaoke or trivia, or whatever, people want to buy you a shot. I just work out with yeah. the bartender. I said, bring me a little shot glass full of water, and I'll. I, and I, I start to lift it up, and I go, hold on a second. I'm not going to take this shot unless other people take a shot with me. It's bad luck to take a shot by yourself. So let's get some shots sold out there, and then I'll do a toast, and we'll all do a shot. To Boom. our wives and our girlfriends. May they never meet. Yeah, and I, <laughs> right. You know. And I guarantee you just sold a handful of shots that, then because that's, yeah. how, that's how it works. It's, help, the, help the bar making money. Yeah. When you're uh, emceeing the, the, uh, a comedy show, you know, you can have everyone do a toast. 
if they do a toast, if they sip enough beer, you just sold another case because they sipped that much with you. And it's the same principle. Oh, you know, I've, seen, I've seen at least a dozen comedians go up there with a, a beer bottle oh, in their head, definitely. never even take so much of a drink of it, and then walk back with it off. That yeah. would be exactly what I would do. Yeah, a lot of times for them it's a crutch. They may they may have had a little, but they just want it there in case, or they grew getting used to having that there as a almost a prop. Sometimes it's like 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 they'll use a mic stand. Some well, they'll the, use them the as a prop. That famous comedian uh, Jim Jeffries. Yeah, literally, beer was part of his act on stage. Right. And it was part of his personality, but it fit because... You just walk over and pick up a beer right in the middle of his set. And drink like Ron White with a scotch. It just, it just kind of fits, you know? Yeah. Not, not that many people can pull it off. Not many people can, can sort of get slowly con- impaired on, on sort of a control. You could tell they're just functional alcoholics because that, that's the kind of person that would be able to pull it well, off. Some of uh, Robin Williams' best routines were when he was completely high on coke. I would imagine with yeah. all that ener- the extra energy. He's yeah. just with the way the way his mind worked already, and then you turn up the the volume. That that's got to be scary. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about comedic mind. Oh, yeah. Robin Williams has got to be. He'd be on the Mount Rushmore of comedic mind. Comedic brilliance. Yeah. Because he could he could just go on a show and and, and much like Don Rickles, never do anything via a script and go completely off. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Winters also the same way. Yes, Jonathan. And when Winters. Jonathan Winters ended up being on Mork and Mindy uh, the last season, it was his father, right? No, it's his son. Oh, it's oh, it's they, his, were, they reversed it. They That's reversed. right. They they're born full size, then they get smaller as the, as they grow older. The old Benjamin Button pr- yeah. trick. Yeah. And uh, but there was some there was some great video footage where they they would finish shooting a particular scene in Mork and Mindy, and then they would just let the cameras run. And watch uh, Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters riff for 20 straight minutes. And neither one of them ever get out of character. Neither one of them ever wouldn't completely um, crack the other up. I wonder how much footage is out there of that that is still captured, that has been unreleased, that people, of them riffing. Just because just, those, like you, know, like you were just saying, those two, letting them riff. Two of the greatest improvisers that people might be aware of that are mainstream. That would be interesting to see what they can do together. But how do you, uh, how do you feel about the fact that right now there's not a lot, and there were for, I'm going to say decades, comedic teams. We should do a love Mount Rushmore of comedy teams, yeah. comedy duos, not comedy troops, but duos. Duos. I definitely I miss duos because you can get a you certain key, dynamic. You got Key and Peel mm-hmm. now. You tend to see, yeah, you tend to see it more sketch or content producers. You don't really see it in comedy, like touring, just from stand-up, because then they got to split the money. But if they create content together and make sketches together, like Key and Peele, like you were saying, that's a good way to do it. Because then, if you get, if you get famous, you've kind of, you are creating things together, and you can get a lot more from ad revenue by by creating on YouTube anyway than you would make. As like a touring road comic. Have you ever worked with any duos in, in your stand-up career? No, that, I've, I've that, not. That you, that you saw in a stand-up environment? It, it was already kind of a dying breed. I remember some duos growing up, and even into the 80s and, and early 90s maybe, there were a couple. I don't know how many famous duos were left by then, but you just stopped seeing it. And I think that was a reason why, is because they would appear on circuits together, they have to split the money, and... And comedy would pay, you know, comedy pay either went down or didn't really keep up with the cost of everything else. So it sort of became financially unviable. But with YouTube and getting revenue and and things through the Internet now, 
you don't have to really you don't have to risk that. You don't have to go on the road and, and, and split a set check. You could just make money from views. What do you, did you see back in this was back in two thousand fifteen, the Andrew Dice Clay Blue Show? No. I was this a new special he did? Yeah. Oh, interesting. There was a duo on there called the Smash Brothers. Okay. And I'm here to tell you, it's the only time I've ever seen them. They've never had a Netflix special. They've ne- I, I don't know what the hell happened to yeah. them. But I'm telling you, during their 15 to 20 minute set, the timing between these two guys was absolutely amazing. So I want you to look up the Smash Brothers. Yeah, sure. The Andrew Dice Clay Blue Show. And and tell me what you what you think because they would have been a comedy duo that if they could have gotten some exposure on something other than something being associated with Dice, which with Andrew Dice Clay's like Madonna, you love him or hate it's him. It's kind of a niche, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, but, but they were called the uh, the Smash Brothers. That's interesting. I, and you know, I love a, I do love a good comedy duo because contrasts and timing and rapport. Some people are just naturally really really play off each other well on the stage. For whatever reason, maybe they have contrasting looks. I think th- David Spade and Chris Farley, that's kind of w- one of the reasons they were best friends. They, they were so contrasting in, in a lot of ways, physically being being just one of them. But it, it, I miss that. Fat man in a little coat. <laughs> Fat, yeah, like Fat the movies they did together. And they would play off of that contrast. I do miss that because there is something kind of magical about two people who can find that that chemistry on screen it's not that easy to do you know you, you, you could just read lines that are written but you, you have to believe oh man these guys are, are buddies there i can see well, it let's let's make that a um, a, a homework assignment for us yeah and let's end up figuring out what's going to end up being um a mount rushmore comedy two duos comedy duos yeah that's of, that's a good of, idea of all time i can think of literally three right off the bat yeah and they're probably like, older you on. know it's, yeah. it's 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 a shame but I, i'm curious I think we'll see it, but it's just coming in a different form. Now, if Key and Peele, at their level, ever wanted to go on tour, they could, because they could probably charge a lot, do a big, a big place, have a couple sketches, but treat it like their own show and split the money, and it'd still be great money. But, you know, it's just, there's just, just a different way to get there. So there was this long stretch before the internet where you just weren't seeing them and i did miss that mm-hmm. so that that's a good that's a good uh, research project well they, you had a you had a homework assignment for this week you were supposed to watch the uh, dvd that i, I haven't you. seen it yet i want to watch it with i want to watch it with autumn because she's a, a fan oh so. god come on I didn't okay watch you got it yet. you got till next week i'll watch you, it you, this week you've had like was it 149 hours or something i know to to, to find an hour and 42 minutes in there. I want to... I don't want to watch it. Well, Paul was supposed to review Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he didn't, but it did take me six weeks to get him to watch Idiocracy. So. And remember the... Uh, and then we did the Stanford Prison Experiment a little bit after that one. So, um, yeah. So as a movie reviewer, Paul, you, you kind of suck. I would probably not get the next gig as a movie reviewer when, when, when I showed up and they said, well, how was it? And I said... Um, I don't know. What did you think? They would probably <laughs> they would probably be like, um, I, that was your job. I give it two snaps and a circle. <laughs> Remember Men on Film? Uh, Speaking of uh, variety shows like uh, uh, Living Color. Living Color was I. I miss just watching. I, I would. I think it's ripe for a re a rebroadcast where you can just watch them. Um, what do you call it? Like when you watch them endlessly. 
like on a loop. binge watch, binge, binge, watch, watch, binge right. watch them on a loop like that. You just that would be a great show for that because you could see Jim Carrey in his prime. You could see uh, you know men on film, men on art. Yeah. He, uh, just so many great sketches. David Wayans, Tommy Davidson. They oh, were yeah. all great. David Allen Greer. And, 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 Mad, and Mad TV that, that came a little bit after that. Um, that, again, that was funny for a couple of years. A well done. They had a whole bunch of really good recurring characters. They did. Some of them that... And what's sad, it's like Welcome to 21, uh, yeah, 2021 Bookstore. Our bookstore has no humor section. Right. It's like something can't be funny anymore without somebody getting offended. And as we talked about uh, two weeks ago, I'm, I'm sick and tired of people telling me what my intentions were. Right. My intention was to make you laugh. There was no other thought in my head other than saying yeah. something funny to make a person laugh. And sometimes at my own expense. But you have to be willing to self-deprecate to get laughs from time to time. Um, but I just, uh, it, I think right now it's getting so hard. The, um, the number of comedies that are coming out in movies has dropped like 40%. Has it really? Yeah. I mean, uh, think about the, the, if you go on to Netflix right now and yeah. click recent movies, and it's like horror movies, you know, The Unborn, He Turned Her, Oof. you know. Uh, silence of the wallpaper in the blue house. The last thing I need after those past four years is more anxiety. I don't. I don't know why. I would. I would hope to see more comedy. But uh, dude, I saw the Grudge. I didn't uh, go in my attic for six years. Yeah, that would. That would just. I would. I would pay my kid twenty bucks. Go in the attic and get that box down. What can't you do, right. Dad? Here's twenty bucks. I'm gonna go up there. Grudge yeah. could be up. There. Meanwhile, we're grown men, but it doesn't. That, that shows you how that can have an effect on you. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I ever see a well with a a lid on it. I'm not anywhere near that. I saw the ring. Hell no. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it's it's creepy enough. Someone knows wells are creepy, and they decided that they would play I, off. I, I'll tell you what. I would rather fight Jason Voorhees. I would rather fight Michael Myers. I would rather fight Freddy Krueger than that bitch from The Grudge or the bitch from The Ring. Are you kidding me? Or the Linda Blair and the original Exorcist? Shit. Yeah. I, I'd leave. I'd leave that house. I'd leave skid marks getting out of that house. <laughs> Couldn't imagine all that pea soup, pea soup all over. That your, that, that would be the your, worst. Your, your mother's in here with us, Karis. God, that must Dimmy, have been. why you do this to me, Dimmy? Why? Oh, that that just still creeps me. I out. could only imagine what the audience. Think of like the audience seeing that in the theater for the first time. I saw people walk out of the theater first time. Really? People you saw, left saw in the theater. People and they, left it. Left. I believe it. that movie, yeah. I, I bet they were so like disturbed. There were probably some people who were religious that were just like a. Oh, and she grabbed a hold of the cross Oof. in that scene. Um, yeah, that's interesting, and, and that's why I still say, in my opinion, there's never been a scarier movie than the original Exorcist. Yeah. As far as far as scary and horror, yeah, not gore. There's gore in it, of yeah, course. That that could be part of horror. But that but wasn't that wasn't the main. Crux it was of psychological it. horror and scare. But yeah, it was it was a it was a sort of horror that hadn't really been done well we started out doing irish in segment <laughs> one and we end up talking about horror movies by the end boy that's the uh that's the excitement of the lighter side of the dark that's how it starts it starts happy and light with drinking and dancing and with, jigging with solio and smith Arr. all right we're going to be back with uh, segment number two where our featured music artist will be the wonderful van morrison so uh, we'll be right back don't go anywhere you're probably driving anyway so we'll see you in a couple
You know, we lost a lot of people during the pandemic, which makes me think of those people close to me. What if there was a way to remember them after they're gone? Well, now there is. My Forever Story. With My Forever Story, they come to your loved one, ask them the questions they choose, and in less than an hour, they have their entire life story recorded in their own words, and most importantly, their own voice. It's uploaded to the secure website and made available for all to hear, even future generations. No more trying to remember Grandpa's favorite stories. Now you can hear him talk about them himself. Your kids and your grandkids will be able to listen to your story from their phone or computer anytime. If you think your kids will read your life story, good luck. But they will listen if it's on their phone. Takes less than an hour, and in most cases, it's under $100. Call the toll-free number 866 913 3263 or go to the website my the number 4 everstory.com my forever story their voice their words their story all staff members wear masks and abide by CDC covid restriction guidelines your safety is our first priority do you have old furniture that you just don't like anymore? Instead of throwing it away, donating it, or selling it at a yard sale, then spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on new furniture, consider having your old furniture redone. My wife and I did, and we don't regret it. The bedroom set was great. It was well-built. Just the old oak finish was not only worn out, but outdated. The good people at Obsessed Distress Furniture took them and made it look like we had a whole new set. And it was a lot less than paying for a new one. They can do just about any color combination and adding that distressed look is really in style nowadays. From bedroom sets, dining room sets, to even a simple coffee table and end tables. Whatever your needs, they even sell furniture they've already completed. So visit their website at obsesseddistressed.com or call 352-600-8221 or look them up on Facebook. Obsessed Distressed Furniture, making your old furniture new again. We abide by all CDC and COVID restriction requirements. Lighter side of dark featured musical artist. All right, we are back with uh, segment number two, season number three, episode number six, I believe. It is episode number six. We are yeah. celebrating St. Patrick's Day today. Um, on a sad note, it's not. I I, I, I probably shouldn't say a sad note. Um, St. Patrick's Day to me has kind of a double meaning because my mother passed away on St. Patrick's Day in two thousand and eight. It was, uh, it was a Monday, and uh, she had cancer, and we kind of knew it was coming. Hospice was there, so we had our chances to say our goodbyes and so on. But, uh, yeah, there's always that little that little extra thing in my mind. Oh, going, yeah. Wow, it's hard to believe it's been 13 years. Yeah. Um, it's like the anniversary you don't want to celebrate. But, yeah, and, and that's something I don't do. Uh, you, you will not see me today go on Facebook and post a picture of my mom right. and celebrate her death anniversary. Yeah, I don't want to relive it. If I don't like celebrate death anniversaries. Now, every year on uh, her birthday, I always think about her a lot. Of course. Because her birthday was 7-7, so it's easy for me to remember. It's also four days before my own. Uh, thanks, Mom. That was great because I'd always buy her a gift because I knew mine was coming four days later. Yeah. <laughs> After she, I'd get the, I'd get the rebound. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, he bought me something I really like. I got to get him All something right. good. But um, and and I don't I don't celebrate death anniversaries. And I know people who do. And I tell them I said that's fine. I just don't want to hear about it. Yeah. I don't want to hear about the day your mother died or the day your father died or the day your dog died or whatever. I the birthdays I can understand. Nothing wrong with celebrating a person's life when you're 
you want to yeah. remember them. But just the, the the day of the death is not that big of a deal to me. So it's still St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I'm going to have a, a fun gig tonight doing trivia, and I'm going to be playing a lot of Irish music in between. It's speaking of dis- Irish Good music. distraction. This, yes, just speaking of which, that's, that's one. Van Morrison. So Our we featured remember, artist. We remember uh, Garth Brooks was named Troil. So Van Morrison, give me some details on his... Uh, his full name, uh, for those of you who are not in the know, is Sir George. He is a knight. Sir George Ivan Morrison. So that's where you get the van from. Ivan. He just cut the eye off. You know, he didn't want to. I guess he just was like, it's not about me. I'm just cutting the eye off. But also, that. you don't want to get confused with somebody named it Ivan. It does sound a little risky. It could be uh, here. Here's a small book on a good friend called Marxism. Maybe you read? Yes, I've heard of. I don't know how you say bestseller in Russian. Uh, you, you better say it just exactly how we tell you to say it. Because the whole book <laughs> up in front of TV say everybody go by. All of a sudden, international big sell. So, uh, so Ivan... And, and, and uh, yeah. his band, oh, his band has always referred to him as Van the Man. Van the Man. Yeah. Interesting. So his, when your band gives you a nickname, that's good. That, that's a good sign. Yeah, that means you're destined for greatness. The e, the e Street Band used to call Bruce Springsteen Boss. The Boss. That's how he got the nickname that's right. of the Boss. But did you know that there was a riff and a rivalry between Van Morrison and Bruce Springsteen? No, I did not a, know. An actual legitimate... Uh, beef between these two. Really? Yeah. This is so. How would this have? Uh, how would this have come about? Would they, were they touring together? Was this? I've I've not heard of a. Uh, no, I don't. I don't believe they they were touring together or ever toured together. Someone throwing some shade and and someone clapped back. I I, I missed all this. Well, I'm gonna read exactly what it says here. I am. Uh, you know, here we are. Thinking in 1985, an interviewer uh, asked Van Morrison about his thoughts on being an influence to a lot of fellow artists, um, mentioning Bruce Springsteen specifically because someone, as someone who borrowed a lot from Van Morrison, um, and including ripping off a lot of Van Morrison's 1970s stage movements and interactions on stage. Interesting. And uh, Van had some very harsh words for the boss, saying that he felt pissed off now that he discovered what Bruce had been doing, um, so much for paying tribute to your idols. Interesting. Yeah. So he felt like Bruce kind of copied his mojo and, right. and, and ran with it and just made yeah, it. I mean, it's, it's probably a good thing that nobody interviewed uh, Mick Jagger, because Mick Jagger's entire stage performances, if you watch the early Stones performances stand right in front of the microphone, stand and hold it and sing. But after he, after uh, a Hollywood variety type show where James Brown performed before the Stones, Mick Jagger immediately went out and was mimicking James Brown. Yeah, he's and like, I gotta keep then up he, now. But then he came, he came afterwards and was like, uh, you know, wanted to go to his dressing room and, and talk with him and say, listen, you're, you're inspiring. I, I, I never felt like I could get out there and move the way I wanted to, and you showed me that I can, and, you know, everything I do will be a tribute to you. I mean, Michael Jackson copied James Brown, Usher copied James Brown. Yeah. So now you got the boss, you know, supposedly ripping off Van Morrison. I wouldn't think, I've never seen Van Morrison in concert, wouldn't say, I just wouldn't think of him as being that outlandish a performer on stage, would you? I, I wouldn't either. And I, I've seen Bruce Springsteen in concert, and one of the things that I've always noted about, he just really, 
has a ton of energy. He really enjoys the crowd, and he and he plays for a long time. That that's what I remember from it. He's just he just engages them a little bit. He you know he has fun. I don't know that you can copyright that, or maybe maybe I'm missing something specific that that he feels Bruce stole from him in in terms of his style. But I I don't remember anything that made me think. I've never seen anything like this. I just remember it being, you know, he, he was having fun right. performing. This is Who, uh, where was he born? Uh, uh, oh, he was, uh, North, he was in Northern Ireland, so let's see if, like, is it Belfast? I think it's Belfast. Bloom, Bloomfield, Belfast, and Northern Ireland. So he was born in uh, 1945, so he is now 75, almost 70. He'll be 76 this summer. And he's wow. still, still cranking out music. He actually has, it looks like an unfinished studio album. Uh, as of now, still untitled, but it's got 2021 listed next to it on the year, and uh, it's called The Latest Record Project Volume 1. I'm assuming that's not the final title, but after all of these studio albums, speaking of which, y- you were saying something earlier when we were talking about some of his hits, uh, and there was a, it might surprise you, that, that, that made the chart. Yeah. And I was curious about that. Because I know some songs song, that are famous, and the and song that put him on, that put him on, 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 on fleek. <laughs> <laughs> this was it. He's on eyebrow. Sure. Brown eyebrow. Brown eyebrow. Actually, he did several versions of this song. A lot of people are not aware of. Okay. Uh, he did several versions. Obviously, Brown Eyed Girl was the one that was the hit. There was the the version that he did uh, to raise awareness for um, domestic abuse called Black Eyed Girl. Hmm. Um, <laughs> there was uh, there was the one he did for people with eye problems, cross-eyed girl, um, and there of course was the pirate version, one-eyed girl. He he really knew. He took a theme and he made it uh, useful to so many different people. He really is making a difference. Those jokes still get laughs to this very day. I, I sang this song a few weeks ago to a bunch of uh, uh, residents at a at an assisted living facility and. Before I sang it, I said, there's several versions of this song. It was the one for domestic abuse, Black Eyed Girl. And they laughed their asses off. That's kind of my point. They understood. I wasn't talking about spousal abuse. I wasn't condoning anything. It's just coming from a place of just giggle and snicker a little bit. It sucks to think we have to be that afraid to say it. Yeah, and and this this may surprise you. I would have had... When I was uh, 11 years old, I started having a wandering eye. My right eye started to wander. Huh. And I had to go to see a, an ophthalmologist and an optometrist who gave me these uh, pieces of cardboard that were about four inches long. Okay. And they had dots on both sides. And I had to put the piece of cardboard up between my eyes and slowly move my eyes until I could pull those dots together. Huh. That cured really? what would have been a, a, a kind like, of a sleepy eye. That's so weird. Yeah. But they just retrained it. it the yeah, muscle. they cured it earlier. I've never, I've never had an issue with. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still check out chicks when I'm with my wife. That's called a wandering eye. That's something totally different. Uh, right. That's um, a. But yeah, that was uh, no. But I mean, I could, I could poke fun at people being cross-eyed. I almost ended up having an eyeball that just like you know Marty Feldman eyes that off to the side. Man, <laughs> yeah. He's got Marty Feldman nice. eyes. That would have been your hit song. Yeah. Oh my God. You so, really uh, avoided me. Right, back to Van Morrison. Um, <laughs> rattle off a couple other hits that, that he had uh, that, that you're familiar with. Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. How about this one? Moon Dance. 
Those are probably the two that come to mind first. Here's that stand-up bass. Yes. Never charted. I figured one of those two must have been because of, of how you are saying it was a surprise. Never charted. That's interesting. So it did it picked up steam after the fact, or it must have because yeah. it's it's certainly a it song. It probably that, got a lot of play on album record stations, album rock. Okay, and that maybe that it kind of picked up a little bit of steam that way. That would make a little more sense. This song charted. Wild, Wild Night. Night. Yeah, yep. that's right. The, when uh, John Cougar did John that Cougar remake Camp did in, the, a, in the 90s. Yeah, Cougar did a pretty good remake of it because he, he, just, he just didn't mess with it. He didn't, yeah, he didn't yeah. really change it much. He just sang it in his own kind of raucous style. Yeah. Now, that song charted, but that was his last song that ever yeah. charted, and it was 40 years ago. Wow. Take yeah. that back. 50 years ago. 50 years ago. 1971. It's in 2021. And his first album was 1967, so... He hasn't had a top 40 hit in 50 years, yet he's still relevant. That is that is really interesting. I don't know how you... I don't know how you managed to do that. Because that would mean four years into his career, he... That was the last time he ever charted. And he's now... Gloria when he was 18. Wow. G-L-O-R-A. Yeah. Yeah. He, Wrote that he, when he was 18. And also... Quite prolific. Never charted. It's, it's just funny to think that... The only other charting or charted song by Van Morrison that I think everybody knows is Domino. Okay. Domino charted. But the, but the other songs that charted... Aren't you a big fan of his song, Come Running? Yeah, never never heard of it. Been DJ in 32 years, never heard of it. What about Into the Mystic? Was that another... Didn't not, chart. Did, that also didn't chart. Did so, not chart. So the three songs that probably... The first three songs that come into my mind are Brown Eyed Girl, Into the Mystic, and Moon Dance. And yet, here we are. What a phenomenal, beautiful, just kind of driving down a road listening to it, this song. Yeah. Born before the wind, also younger than the sun. He's also proof that you don't have to have a great voice to be a rock star. So it's weird how it works for some people. You can have, well, we were saying this last week, you know, with the nasally voice. Sound of James Taylor. The James Taylor has kind of a nasally voice, which typically I, I don't like the sound of a nasal voice, but you know what? It's always. Depends. Stevie Nicks sounds like she's got two tampons shoved up her nose when she sings. Yeah, she has a weird voice, and but that's the thing. I think it's just some people gravitate towards an, like a unique I sound. I could stick both my fingers up my nose and do a Stevie Nicks imitation. I know. I don't. I don't. I don't know how she how she makes that sound out of her voice, but it's funny how different people are drawn to unusual sounding. Stevie Nicks, McPhee, and Oh my God, Lindsey Buckingham together. That harmony was amazing. And yeah, but Van Morrison. Um, what what year did he get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, I think it was nineteen ninety three. Uh, I was I would have guessed mid nineties. Uh, I think at that point. 
But, I mean, I think he's worthy of being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because he's been relevant for the last 50 years, but he hasn't had a hit in 50 years. And I don't know what, what's more important. Maybe, maybe being relevant is more important because hits and charting, that, that's kind of dependent upon the moment. Whereas, you know, whatever's popular, whatever's a trend at the moment, but that doesn't mean people can't miss something good and then go back and appreciate it later on. And he's been so prolific. He's written so many albums. I was starting to count just to get an idea of how many studio albums. I stopped at 28, and I was maybe more than halfway through. So he is just someone who loves to write music and, and produce music. And, and It always uh, surprised people um, how many studio albums Prince had in his, you'd have to say, short career when he died in 2016. 43. But, he was, but there's probably another, another 60 or 70 albums of material in the vault, right? That he he didn't think was good enough. It was unreleased, or you know, one wasn't finished. But imagine that having more unreleased material than you have put out. See, Van Morrison's the type of guy, though. I would like to see him in concert, acoustic, small venue. Definitely. Like hearing into into the Mystic done with just a lead guitar has to be stripped a rhythm, down. A rhythm guitar, acoustic, and a, and a bass. That's all. That's all you really hear in Into the Mystic is, yep. is those three. Those three. And guitars. I think that's part of why it's so effective. It just that that vibe works uh, you without know what? instrumentation. It, it, there's horns. There's also horns in Into the Mystic, but you wouldn't have to have the horns to make that song. Yeah, that might have been a product at the time. Um, there's if, if but uh, other than Brown Eyed Girl, there's one other song. Oh, I, before I talk about that, I want to talk about the fact. Have you ever seen Jimmy Buffett in concert? Not in concert. No. It's phenomenal. If you ever get the chance, I would imagine you it's abs- fun. Absolutely, do it. But what song at a Jimmy Buffett concert gets 100 percent of everyone standing and singing is his cover version of "Brown Eyed Girl." Interesting. At the Jimmy, at a you ask any parrot head at a Jimmy Buffett concert. Yeah. They don't stand up. They do fins to the left. And sure, fins they, to they the play right. along. And and Margaritaville, looking for my lost shaker of salt. But "Brown Eyed Girl" at his concerts. Everybody, imagine 60,000 60, people screaming, sha la 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 Yeah, does he not sing insane. that part? Does he let them sing no, he it? he lets them do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, I want, does he, is that, does he close with it? Does he come out later no, with that? or mid, is that mid, mid, set? mid, mid, mid set. I'm just it. curious, because yeah, that's interesting. Kind of peaks a little bit earlier. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard this song by Van Morrison. I play it during dinner at any chance I get. And I've had people walk up and go, who's singing this? There'll be days like this When there's no one complaining There'll be days like this Everything falls into place Like the flick of a switch Well, my mama told me There'll be days like this Days like this Yeah, yeah great song I've heard it, but not, not for a long time I didn't discover that on an album I discovered it in a movie that, that happens sometimes with, with good songs. As good as it gets with Jack Nicholson and Greg Kinnear and Helen Hunt. Okay. He is, he's, he's, he, he's OCD and he's got the entire trip planned. And he pulls out a, a disc and it says emergency use only and put it in. And the song comes on and Helen Hunt's like, ooh, I like this song. He goes, yeah, I thought you would. 
and and that's how I'm like, well, that's a great song. And I checked on the the credits at the end of the movie and saw it was Van Morrison and downloaded it. And I play that during dinner. And I've had people walk up and go, "Is Ray Charles singing this? Who is this? Doctor John?" I go, "No, that's Van Morrison." Like they they recognize something about it, but they can't put their finger on it. He might have others other songs like that that people don't realize. Other Van Morrison stuff that you uh, that you found in your in your research and See development. At least you did some research on this. Guy. I'm sure <laughs> you didn't watch the damn movie I wanted to. <laughs> Let's see if there's any other interesting uh, factoids that that we haven't touched on because he has had such a. Uh, Bob Seger says Van Morrison's version of old time rock and roll is better than his. Wow, that's that's, that's saying something. That is really I, that I don't know if I would you know. <laughs> I mean, that's very nice of Bob Seger to say, but I can't imagine that working more. Maybe from a DJ point of view, I'm just being biased because yeah. old-time rock and roll True. is just such a great dance packer. I don't know if you, uh, if you heard about that he and Farrah Fawcett were uh, uh, huge fans of each other. They never had any kind of relationship or anything like that. They never that. kind of linked up in no, any way. Huge, but huge fans of each other. Farrah Fawcett was a huge Van Morrison fan. And when she was uh, fighting with uh, her, her battle with cancer, she eventually, of course, lost back in 2009, I think it was, or 2010. God, has it really been that long? Yeah, she huh? died in the same day as Michael Jackson. Farrah Fawcett and so Michael Jackson. So it was 2009, both, I think. Both that. died in the same day. Wow. Um, when Van Morrison heard that she was unable to attend his concert in Los Angeles, he had the entire concert filmed and sent to her house uh, on a... Uh, uh, a, a, a DVD. Wow. She could she could watch it from the comfort of her own home. Wow. Yeah. That's so he, she was just a huge fan of his music, and he was just a huge fan of her breasts because <laughs> they, they were nice. And um, the mutual admiration is always yeah. a good thing. And she was she was in the movie called The Apostle with um, Robert Duvall. Great, great, great movie. If you guys get a chance okay. to check it out, I, I'm going to give Paul a copy of it. He's not going to watch it. <laughs> but uh, he it Van Morrison loved her work in that movie and the reason i like the movie the apostle so well is it was essentially almost an exact life story of my grandfather huh. um, the parallels of a pentecostal minister and married to a young uh, young bride many years his his junior huh. so uh yeah a lot of cool stuff interesting so yeah she was a fan and they never ever ever once even got to meet in an like a meet and greet or arrange like he couldn't arrange to sort of fly her into a concert once that's it's too bad he, maybe it would have been uh, interesting to see if they had hit it off if they were such big fans of each other or maybe you know don't meet your heroes because they would have disappointed each other when they discovered each other's annoying habits that's probably more well likely. you know they call um taylor swift fans what do they call taylor are swift they, fans God, are they swifties well they swifties thank you and they call uh justin bieber's fan believers believers and uh, Jimmy Buffett's parrot heads. Mm-hmm. What Vans fans are called? Van Addicts. Van Addicts. <laughs> I love that. Van They're called Van Addicts, yeah. You know you've made it, like like Deadheads, you know you've made it when you get a nickname for your fans. Now, here's a, here's a great trivia question for you. Out of all of his songs, and it is one that we played, okay. we just played, which one is he known to drag out as long as 20 minutes on stage for one song? Oh, boy. Let's see. 20 minutes on stage. I can't imagine it's brown-eyed girl. That would be exhausting. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, um, but and then Into the Mystic might be too. Boy. Gloria. Gloria. That song is barely three minutes long. 
in its natural state. And he's been known to play that really? song never the same way twice. Yeah, yeah. With large uh, band uh, breaks, drum riff, solos and guitar and solos that aren't in the original song. And he's been known to take that song, Gloria, as long as 20 minutes. That's interesting. It, maybe it lends itself to, to riffing or improvising in his mind, and that's the one where he gets to, to do a little flexibility. I'm sure as an artist or a performer, it's got to be just maddening to have to do the same music over and over and over. That, that like the original version of Hotel California by the Eagles. Could you imagine? Is eight, it is eight minutes long. Right. It's insane. Imagine them playing that at a concert in their like, heyday. They must want to hang themselves. I'm surprised they made it. I'm surprised. Surprised Glenn Fry made it as long as he did. <laughs> Having to listen to that. It, it it always amazes me when you when you see the interviews and you talk to these artists about um, what are their favorites. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. And not to change complete genres here, but Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. live in concert. I've seen her twice. The Velvet Rope tour, and the uh, Rhythm Nation tour. Mm-hmm. Um, her favorite song to do live in concert is Black Cat. That's a good song. And she says it's because she goes, I never wanted to be a pop star. I wanted to be a rock star. And that is the that's my rock song. That is the rockiest song. There's an electric guitar riff that's pretty pretty hardcore. And man, you can tell when she's doing that song in concert, she's having a ball. She's digging it. It's too bad she never tried to drop maybe at least one on each album, one or two. I know that they probably were saying that's not what's going to sell. They wanted to kind of sex her up a bit. They had. Are you trying to say the music industry is about profit? Paul? Imagine that. But even one song on an album, they should be like, all right, just let her let her do a rock song because that's a good one. That black cat is it's that's a that's a, that's a banger. As, as uh, you got to get you got to get me on a trivia question about Van Morrison. Van Morrison, something right, that. Uh, um. Oh, you knew. Oh, you knew his nickname already. Um. Dead air. Yeah, dead air. Dead, dead, dead. Still continued, dead air. I want it on the record, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Paul's segment. He's supposed to be speaking, and he's just staring. I don't think he's doing I think he's basically uh, updating his stock portfolio I, on E-Trade right now. I, I, that would be a wish. Um, let's see here. Oh, good. Now, so he's making, three, now, now he's singing little songs like, that's not a stall tactic. Okay. Three of... Three of his songs appear in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Brown Eyed Girl okay. is one. Uh, there, I'll say Domino. I, this is, no, no. I, I There's one I've never heard of in here. You, you I'm sure you've heard of it, but to, to you. Tupelo Honey? Um, I don't know. What are they? Moon Dance. Okay. Interesting. And Madam George. I do not know that song. Okay. Let's, let's see if... God forbid we have it. Because I thought for that that's a pretty those are pretty strong language to say shaped rock and roll. I mean, if you only have room for five hundred songs and he gets three of them, that I, that's that's pretty interesting. And it's called Madam What? Madam George. M A D A M E George, like your like my friend George. And it's it's not a wow. song. No, we do not. I do not. You don't even have it. it? Nope. Yeah, it, I've it, got I've got like literally two terabytes of music sitting directly in front of yeah. me. That's not on there. But if somehow somehow it was on the shaped rock and roll. And that, right. that would indicate it probably never charted. Also, because most of the music that we've we've been subscribed to over the years is is the the songs that they think will chart or have charted. And for that to not be part of the of the catalog would indicate that I don't know. I don't know who. Who, like, who gets to decide that? Well, it isn't going to be us. 
Well, I learned I a little not. bit about uh, Ivan Morrison. Ivan. Today. Hope you did too, Paul. Yeah, the, uh, I did. I learned more than I ever knew. All right, we're going to be back with uh, segment number three. You're listening to The Lighter Side of Dark, the LSD podcast with Solio and Smith. I'm Smith. I'm Solio. We're going to be back with our Mount Rushmore of uh, most famous Irish people of all time. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Solio from The Lighter Side of Dark, and I want to talk about my favorite bakery in the whole world, Cuppy Cakes. If you live in the greater Tampa Bay area and you have a special event coming up, a wedding, birthday, getting off probation, I want you to give them a call, go to their website, check out their work. It is impeccable. They've been around since 2011, and they make the most incredible custom cakes you'll ever see www.ourcuppycakes.com where you can find them on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook. Check them out today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Cuppy Cakes, where life is sweet. Looking for a unique and different kind of entertainment for your next fun event? Try a real live TV-style game show at your home or your next event. All your favorites, The Feud, Jeopardy, Pyramid, Match Game, The Really Wood Game, and on and on. This is no board game or DVD version. This is the real deal. Full-blown TV setups, just like going to Hollywood, but saving you the trip to the West Coast. All ages love game shows and styles available to fit all budgets. Call 727-531-8880 or visit the website at gameshowparty.com and plan your next event being the one everybody will be talking about. Game Show Party, located right here in the Tampa Bay area. Social distancing guidelines respected. When Irish eyes are smiling Sure tis like a morning spring In the lilt of Irish laughter Like the new uh, lead-in music here for segment three. I think we should keep it forever. Is recorded live at uh, McGuire's Pub in Pensacola, Florida. That's oh, another yeah. one from that uh, cassette that I bought. Very nice. Right, yeah. Actually, I, I went back and bought the DVD years later. They, they, there's one thing I, I re- really, really respect about Irish music is they know how to get people singing along. Whether yeah. it's you know it's a lyric specifically for the audience to to call back with it. You know that's it's one that the singer doesn't sing. They specifically, they have a couple of songs like that. That's interesting. They're probably saying to themselves, we need to come up with songs that people can sing when they're completely plastered. Yeah, I want to make... I mean, completely <laughs> flamoxicated. <laughs> We're just got to check, <laughs> have to check, make sure they're paying like attention. Like Tura Lura Lura. That's some probably somebody saying some real words, but it just sounds like they're completely drunk. That's probably how it all started. It's uh, the song um, In the Garden of Eden. Oh, yeah. By, by Iron, uh, Iron Butterfly. Iron Butterfly. <laughs> Yeah. He was completely drunk when he sang it. In the garden of Eden, baby. 
Interesting. So that's where Anagata Davida was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden. So it was. So it really. You can't was make this stuff up. That is. That is crazy. I I thought that was an urban legend, but apparently, I mean, that makes more sense. Nope, it was not an urban legend. That makes more sense because it's funny. They're like, well, we can't really say that he's saying Garden of Eden. Listen to him. Dude, this is like, he sounds like an idiot. The music is on point. We should. It's got to be gibberish. Let's make up a word. (laughs) Kind of like Abe Lincoln used to say about uh, General Grant. At this point, somebody needs to keep General Grant drunk. He's winning battle after battle after battle. (laughs) Right. Whatever's working, don't mess with it. Keep keep him hopped up on whatever he's drinking. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, before we get into the famous Irishman, one of my absolute favorite Irish songs, and and at, at one of my old haunts, JD's on Indian Rocks Beach, free shameless plug, we used to do the unicorn song. Okay. And the unicorn song, I would get the crowd going, green alligators and long neck geese. And, and these people yeah, would we'll do, do anything. We'll do this song for all the girls. It's about a horny horse. <laughs> a horny horse. A long time ago when the earth was green, there was more kinds of animals than you've ever seen. They're all around free when the earth was being born. The loveliest of all was the unicorn. There was green alligators and long geese. Some humpy ragged animals and some chimpanzees. Some cats and rats and elephants, as sure as you're born. The loveliest of all was the unicorn. And we would do that three times a night. Three times a night. People would request this stuff. Only, only on this one night of the year would people do the stupidest stuff you would ask him to do. And it's ex- and it's expected and celebrated. Yeah. And that's it's nice to see. And, and I would say, okay, a free pitcher of green beer to the table that's, that does the best animal imitations. There were guys standing on bar stools, plastered, with their hands under their arms like a monkey and going, sure, like this, like yeah, a chimpanzee. It's an excuse to act like an idiot and be like rewarded for it. I, I think a lot of guys are they're ready for that. They're like, oh, I, I get to jump around and like I, an idiot. I used to, I used to do... Um, uh, the best I if you had the the, the most Irish name, okay, you'd win, a, you'd win a, a free ten dollar bar tab. You know, guys come up named mm-hmm. Eric Mahoney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what was the one was? Um, um, oh my God! It was Harrigan. The guy's first name was um, I forget. And that and sounds but, Irish. But that's when he asked for this song. Double R I G A N spells Harrigan. Proud of all the Irish blood that's in me. Devil a man can say a word again me. Again me. Again me. Yeah. Never never can a man say a word again me. Again me. Kinda like George Bush used to say, You're either with us or you're against us. Again, again again me. That's uh just you know, you could say whatever, I guess. It's just happy. It, it, it's it is, it is Irish very happy. slang. You're, you're again me. And the melodies are very happy. You know, yeah. all the major keys and very sing-songy kind of rock back and forth. If you're not dancing already, and it's just... Whatever they're singing, they're celebrating, and they can make it sound happy. Even if it's about <laughs> having a horse out, uh, having a barn. All right, so now we are going to be talking about the most famous Irish people of all time on the Mount Rushmore segment, as brought to you by Sidesplitters Comedy Club. And Paul is now going to tell us who is at Sidesplitters de Savic. Uh, this week it is Joe List. 
uh, Joe is. I've 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 seen Joe before. He's extremely funny, very uh, clever, kind of kind of a dry comic. He's got a slight build with glasses just to give you the visual, and he just kind of paces slowly around the stage and dry, very very funny, uh, clever material. So if you're getting out this week, if you're going to see some comedy, Joe is definitely uh, a great great act to one. And Paul would never lead you astray because when it comes to knowing good comedians. Takes one and no one. Paul is a very talented comedian himself. He's always uh, practicing his uh, his his shtick and his his bits and putting up, coming up with new material every Wednesday, uh, usually between eleven forty-five and twelve o'clock. That's why he's never here on time. That's I couldn't have said it better myself. I'll tell you what he's not doing. He's not watching the movies that he's supposed. I'm to not watch. watching movies. That's that's true. Uh, Rob, I only had like ninety-three hours of downtime this week. Anyway, I'm not bitter. I know. All right, let's do the first most famous Irish person, and it has to be who we are celebrating today, the great and glorious St. Patrick. Boy, I guess do we have to put him up there? I don't... Yes. Yes, yes, we do. Here's the weird part. He wasn't really Irish. Really? Yeah. He was born in in Britain, not Ireland. Near the end of the 4th century, he was not born in Ireland. Wow. And he was actually, at the age of 16, was taken prisoner by a group of Irish raiders Okay. and made to be a slave. And then somehow through that, transformed into an Irishman. Yes. And became the, the greatest. He escaped. So- he went back to uh, Great Britain. Then... Many years later, came back to Ireland to bring Christianity okay. to the the Irish heathens. The, the heathens, they needed guidance. Yes, exactly. He was there to provide such. Yep. Well, and, strangely enough, though he is known by, as St. Patrick, was never actually canonized as a saint. So... <laughs> So none people. of this whole thing is a scam, basically. Yeah, he's not Irish, and he's not a saint it's, until it's 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 literally like Valentine's Day. It's a day. It's a holiday that's made up to sell cards. Yeah. In this case, it's a holiday that's made up to drink beer. I think I think a lot of people seem they seem to be okay with that based on um, what I've seen the last uh, twenty twenty or so years of being out and about. Now the reason he's still, I guess you could say. Um, I love the word recognize. The United States recognizes the country of Tunisia. Hey, who are you? I thought you were Ecuador. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, so the, the reason that the, that the Catholic Church still kind of recognizes him as a saint is that there was no formal canonization process okay. prior to around 1100, 1050, 1100. That's when they so, came up. That's when your religion made up the ritual of canonization. So it was decided, like, okay, you know what, that... He he should be a saint, right? That one, Pat Patty. He was good, yeah, right? Good old good old, good old Saint Patrick. Patty over there. He was fun. Brought Christianity, all that stuff. Yeah, let's give him a saint. And also, there's absolutely no truth, no truth to him having anything to do with driving all the snakes out of Ireland. There's no empirical evidence to show that anything like that ever happened. That he dislikes snakes or. Got rid of. That sounds like a Pied Piper tale. <laughs> but it's, most of his uh, revelry comes from just myth built upon sure. a, a, a game of telephone. Yeah. 
Oh, did you hear about St. Patrick? He, he got rid of all the snakes in Ireland. Uh, it's amazing. And come to find out, he caught a snake in a barn and, and, and killed it and threw it into a river. You know, but it, it blew up. That became, he got rid of all the snakes in Ireland. Oh, dude, that, that shit can happen within weeks. I tore my I right Achilles in October of 2004 and had surgery in November of 2005. I was in a wheelchair for four and a half months. The reason I'm in a wheelchair, they don't want you walking with a torn Achilles because you could your other leg could slip. Even if you're wearing the boot, it could really hurt. I ended up re-tearing my Achilles oh. totally by accident. So I was in a wheelchair. Um, come to find out, I talked to people uh, a year after that. said, oh, we heard you were paralyzed in a car crash. Oh, yeah, that's the same thing. Or I was running from first to second base and my 41-year-old Achilles snapped. Yeah, someone, someone heard the word wheelchair and they, they just decided, okay, I'm going to create a story of how this you know, happened. A lot of these people probably hoped I was in a car crash. Maybe that's what it was. It's, oh, you're not. So we got, we, we got a car with St. Patrick up on the, uh, on the, on the uh, Mount Rushmore of famous Irishmen, Irish women, whatever the case may be. Kind of started it all. I'm going to let you uh, take off with the next one. I guess we have to put him up there, even though I don't think either of us are a fan of his, um, I don't know, demeanor, music, both. Bono, global rock star, born in Dublin, 1962. Obviously, he is the lead singer of the band U2, which, hey, if you like U2, that's great. I'm happy for you. They've been a very successful band that's all i can say that's really all i can really say i know what a lot of people are thinking they're thinking does rob's mic cut off this is literally the longest period of time he's gone i know this entire podcast without interrupting or speaking can't stand bono can't stand you too i know he's done so much for charity i know that's adorable and that's wonderful he's, so he's getting his place but <laughs> He sings a song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, during the year when U2 made $400 million. With $400 million, buy everything. What you're looking for is bound to be there. I think. Just buy everything. Never like their music. And, and by the way, I'm an Eagles fan, and I have accepted the fact that you really can't play a lot of Eagles music at a wedding or at a party. It's not danceable music. I can still find a way to work in a song or two during dinner or at a cocktail party or something like that. Sure. But I love the Eagles, but their music isn't danceable. I don't think U2's music is danceable. Oh, no. Not at all. And to me, it always sounds whiny and screechy. But anyway, tell me a little bit more about what you found. Because I didn't look him up because I could have cared less. I know. And that's the thing. I, I, I just Those are sort of some fast facts. After While you're talking about him, I'll be over here doing my taxes on, on, right. turbo, on TurboTax real quick. So I know you'd rather do that than listen to uh, Bono. I'd rather get a speak. tongue scraping. You know what it is? It's 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 he, he's. I mean, it's great that he's used his status to aid the, the philanthropic causes and address some of those issues like poverty and AIDS. It's. I think it's just he kind of rubs people the wrong way, like like it's all about him in a, in a strange way. Maybe it's the glasses. Maybe it's the sunglasses that do it. But um, I mean, you know, I guess I can't really argue that U two is extremely successful. I don't know that that. Um, I don't know if they would be without him. He, he, he's just, whether you love, maybe he's just polarizing. Maybe that's what it is. Because I don't know too many people who are like, oh, they're okay. Either like, oh my God, Bono. Oh, I love you too. Oh my God, I've seen them eight times. Or it's like, oh, roll their eyes and, and kind of do what we do when we hear that, which is, oh God. I think people have kind of a hate-hate relationship. Maybe. With, with, with his music. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the people I know. <laughs> I was like, somebody says, oh man. I can't stand you two. I point at him and go, huh, you two? 
his name. <laughs> yeah, right. And again, does he deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore of probably the mo- one of the most famous Irish people of all time? Yes, but it's reluctant. You know, I, I don't even know how Irish people feel about him. Honestly, um, I'm not sure. We'll have to ask our I Irish. Our entire one percent of our listenership. Yeah, it, it probably Ireland. depends. Just like at least, here. at least there's got to be at least twelve people to be one percent. So maybe out of the twelve of you, send us an email, you lazy Irish pricks. Send us a, a, a something on our website. Say you're listening. Do something for God's sake. We did an entire show with a stupid ass accent. <laughs> for God's sake, um, I, I'm going to jump in with the third one. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if you would argue this or not, but you're certainly entitled. Um, he was born Oscar Fingal O'Flaherty Wills Wilde. Oh, Oscar Wilde, absolutely. Yeah, you're talking about a guy with five freaking names if you don't count the O. Oscar Fingal O'Flaherty Wills Wilde was born on October 16th in the great year of our Lord, 1854, in Dublin. To a well-to-do family, Oscar Wilde went on to become what they call a literary great, and rose to fame as a London author and playwright, and wrote many celebrated works, such as The Picture of Dorian Gray, and the one I did a report on in high school, The Importance of Being Earnest. Earnest. And he also had um, some writing credits on uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which you would not know, because you didn't watch the fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, Oscar Wilde, let's just... I mean, I, I like the fact he just went with by Oscar Wilde because that Finnegal O'Flaherty Wills Wilde is just insane. Can you imagine the people doing the monogramming on his shirts? What that would would have been like? I mean, that is. I, I'm not even sure how you O F F W W would have to be like monogrammed on every collar. Yeah. How, how do parents even decide? All right, and they agreed. All right, we want him to be Oscar, but Oscar, but we want Finnegal in there. O'Flaherty. As in middle name. How about three middle names? How about Finnegal O'Flaherty Willis? How about that? Yeah. Uh, like, they, they had to be in lockstep on this, and they all agreed. All right, it's Oscar Finnegal O'Flaherty Willis Wilde. Perfect. Absolutely. Rolls off the tongue. In, in, <laughs> in the years when there probably wasn't even a birth certificate at that time. Right. And yet, it's, yet we have it engraved forever. Yeah, the importance of being earnest, I did a report in high school, and it was, uh, you could tell it was obviously written kind of pre-Victorian time. Um, an awful lot of big, long, drawn-out words uh, uh, that instead of just saying, listen, be straight with people, be cool, don't lie, don't take advantage of people that uh, that, you're, uh, that you could take advantage of due to your lot in life. But he's, he's big. He's big over there. No doubt about that. Who do you have uh, as another one? We're, we're getting into that area where we could start arguing about who should be I there know, and who cause, shouldn't. Because there's a few that are kind of all equal, I guess, in terms of deserving. I'm tempted to go because we we have we have since we have a uh, an author poet already. I you know James You're, Joyce. James Joyce. You were going to say James Joyce. He is definitely seven. deserving, but I was also thinking of Liam Neeson because <laughs> because you mentioned Taken before, and I'm like, you know what? Liam Neeson is pretty famous. Pierce Brosnan is also a, a guy. I'm I'm trying to figure who would be the best representative as the fourth because we've got all right. We've got Saint Pat. We've got got the man we've got bono so there's son of music then we've got uh oscar wilde either james joyce or oscar wilde you could i kind of see i kind of view them in a similar way i'd like to see the two of them do like a captain kirk mr spock fight to the death scene in star trek that would be kind of cool slow motion and really bad 
acting and just... Are you <laughs> saying William Shatner was been over actor Paul? I don't see it. You know, and he, I, I've heard that he never would watch his own stuff, and I, I kind of, I guess I, I can understand why. You think? Maybe he did once. He did once. That man's ego would kill a lesser man. (sighs) Maybe he just hated the way he looked. I don't know. It's weird. Or sounded. Ego can be a strange thing, I guess. Yeah, James James Joyce um, and Oscar Wilde, I think, are pretty much neck and neck. In terms of, you know, I I don't want to put the two of them and leave off someone who might represent a different area of... of, uh, you know, expertise, like, you know, acting or something. I can, I can tell you, I only saw two of this particular actress's movies because she was born in 1920. She didn't live uh, a, a long career. Maureen O'Hara. Yeah. Man, you want to talk about a babe. Yeah. Wow. I that mean, was a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And definitely, probably really worthy of, of, of a spot or at least the, the, the conversation. But I think... The, the last spot tends to go to someone who might be more uh, current or or uh, in the, in the popular conversation, and she's sort of an old school. She's a classic. What about Conor McGregor? I saw him too, and I thought, you know, he is famous, but is that gonna is that gonna last? Because he UFC is so fickle, and and you know you can be you can be a badass. I don't know, man. All I can tell you is if Manny Pacquiao ran for the president of the Philippines right now, he'd win. He would, although I don't know if the Philippines has much else to go by. Ireland has other things to be proud of. Potatoes. I mean, I I would vote for potatoes over... over Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey. Yeah. My God, how could I leave out the Irish whiskey? So, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's... that's part of the problem. <laughs> and I would tell you right now that I think we could make an argument for Lucky of Lucky Charms. I mean, fictional or not, he is... He, he raised me. Lucky raised me. You know, yeah. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Yeah, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Every morning he was there to tell me how magically delicious they were. Ta- teach me about shapes. Yep. Teach me about colors, yeah. rainbows, and stars. And, you know? It's Mr. Blue, Rogers yeah, of Blue cereal. diamonds. Blue diamonds. How would I know? Well, Orange, orange, red, red hearts, blue, di- green clovers. Yeah, and they've changed them over the years. And they blue added, diamonds. They added like pots of gold. They added rainbows. Yeah, they, they added, added everything. Finally, added rainbows to. to yep. yep. You know what? That's that's because they had to please everybody. We were probably <laughs> eating pieces of reformed plastic. Oh, who? In in those in those marshmallows. I could only imagine what they put in them then and put in them now. Just plastic. Now they would. They're probably going to have to change Lucky Charms to be. Um, like, have no sex. So it's just going to be a leprechaun. Yeah, just a, a androgynous Complete, leprechaun yeah. person. It's not a he or a she. It's a leprechaun. It, ex- it's, it identifies as a leprechaun. Yes, if two leprechauns meet, they, their parts just they're clo- morph they're and match clovers. together. <laughs> <laughs> they look like little Merge. clovers. Oh my god, it's <laughs> insane. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not finding anybody else that just leaps. No out one at me. screams. Enya could I could throw Enya oh, out there. Oh God! Because you know I know how much you love her music and play it at at most weddings and. I would play her before parties. I'd play you too. Fair enough. You know what? I, Orinoco I, flow, not a bad instrument. Maybe you could song. find find a reason to play it. You know, you you can do it as like a voiceover. 
just kind of play it in the background because it has that gentle Her song. sound. Ah, oh, yes. Far and away. <laughs> she is the she is the iron butterfly of, of Ireland. Of, of, of Irish uh, contemporary jazz. The echoey mumble of Enya. <laughs> in all seriousness, it, it, for our Irish listener or listeners, Michael Collins, um, a huge revolutionary leader, um, Arguably, probably one of the most influential figures in Irish history. And he was only 31 when he died. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, because he, he basically was there uh, pushing for um, Irish independence, yeah. which a lot of people don't realize. Ireland hasn't been an independent country for that long. We take it for granted. I, I've, I've learned over the last few years, we take a lot of things for granted in, in a lot of countries. and, and, uh, yeah, and they, independence didn't, they didn't become their own country until the uh, 20th century. Yeah. And imagine the kind of uh, sway or the kind of influence you have to have to be able to accomplish that until, well, he was assassinated. But, you know, that's, that's why he was only, only lived to be 31 years old. But he was able to pull that off right. in that young lifespan of his. It's, it's pretty incredible. I'd say we probably put him on the list and maybe we, we merge Oscar Joyce together. Oscar Wilde and James Joyce together. Is James, kind of James Wilde, Oscar Joyce. Two faces Joyce. side by side. Representing literature. A, a split down the middle, but lit at the bottom. <laughs> L-I-T. Yeah. Because they were lit. They were lit like... As, as writers. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think Michael Collins would... would I would probably put him up there, even ahead of Lucky of Lucky Charms. Oh, I would say I would say that's probably a little more respectful uh, to, to put him ahead of Lucky. Yeah, speaking of um, when Ireland gained its independence, I, I'm, I'm 57 years old uh, this year, and I still learn stuff, stuff that I, I just thought I knew but really didn't oh, know. Oh, sure. And one of the things is, what is, what is the difference between England, Great Britain, and the United Kingdom. Do you know? Uh, the UK includes... United uh, Kingdom includes, it, it includes England. In, not, it includes Ireland, but not Scot- Northern Ireland. Right? right. Scotland, Wales, and Ireland. That's the United Kingdom. Great Britain includes Northern Ireland as well, I believe. No, because Great Britain or, is the island of England, Wales, and Scotland. Okay, so I completely screwed up. So the UK was maybe... United Kingdom was what I was is thinking. Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and England. Okay. And then obviously England is England. So I, I would say oftentimes with the United Kingdom or Great Britain in the wrong context. Oh, I think most Americans do. They, and they're I had completely a, a, ignorant. A, a nice young lady who was from there, had a beautiful, beautiful accent. Kind of one of those accents she could have cussed me out and I would have probably would enjoyed have been, it. Like, oh, that was gorgeous. But she looks over and she goes, uh, I just want to let you know. Um, you, you said the UK, and I think you meant you. I think you meant Great Britain, and and like, oh, which which question was that? She showed me. She goes, yeah. She goes. The only time Ireland's included is in the United the United Kingdom. Kingdom. That's that's what it, that's yeah, the kingdom of those 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 four countries are united. And I said, oh, thank you so much. And she said, no, we were, I really had a great time this evening, and you know, we were very, very funny and blah 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 and la 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 and and the tea and crumpets and the flat and the lorry and the, and a lift. Yeah, you know all those things. Tea, I guess, and, tea and crumpets. I, I guess that should make sense well, to us. Tea know. and biscuits. <laughs> tea and biscuits. Britain, British. You know, Great Britain. That should only include the British countries, not the yeah. Irish. Because my 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 ancestry when I did the uh, ancestry dot com uh, was predominantly uh, Wales and northern France. 
Interesting. That's a s- interesting mix. Yeah. So mostly Wales, but a little northern France. They came so over. So I don't quite get as drunk as Scottish people, but I don't quite surrender as quickly as French people. I there's there's a happy of, medium. You yeah. know what? You get the boast of both, uh, yeah. best of both worlds there. They always it? say you draw a line between the two places that have your biggest ancestry, and that's where you're from. I'm obviously from the English Channel. You, you've, you've been swimming <laughs> swimming away. That's where those forearms, that's those big forearms from all that swimming. All right, so today we, we wanted to say uh, a big thanks to our Irish listeners, wherever you may be. Uh, you won't be listening to the show today, I'm sure, because you guys are partying it up right now due to the time change, I guarantee you. They're partying it up like crazy, oh, literally, sure. as we speak. And I'll be doing a little bit of uh, partying tonight at my uh, weekly trivia gig and uh, playing some of those songs you heard me play today. Oh, yeah. And Irish it's, eyes are smiling. a little warming up, yeah. And I'll, I'm going to do um, Irish trivia for at least one round. And let me guess, no you too played or you're gonna have to somebody will probably somebody will request go, oh, it oh man if you're doing irish music you gotta do some u2 Damn. And, right. and i'll probably play the u2 song that they did with bb king when love comes to town all right you that's tolerable sneak to that me. in there yeah that's tolerable to me it's, it's less of their sound all right so what did what did we learn today on today's show paul we this learned was ep- season three episode episode six I six well, we've learned a lot about uh, Sir George Morrison, Ivan, Sir George Ivan, Ivan Morrison. Um, Ivan. I learned about Ivan today. Absolutely. We've learned... Um, you know, in the Seven Drunken Nights, what do you, you know? The, the, the Seven Drunken Nights, and I, I learned a lot, about, uh, uh, a lot about barnyard animals that I didn't know before. Oh, dude, there's a great song, uh, call, uh, an Irish song called... What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? What yes. do you do with a drunken sailor? Early in my morning. Yeah, I hire him at Exxon. Anyway, what's that? You throw him in the bed with the captain's daughter. <laughs> that's probably well, yeah. That's probably one of the the next verse. Absolutely. In heaven there is no beer. <laughs> yeah. That's why we drink it here. It just, and when we're gone from here. In heaven, we'll be drinking all the beer. La, 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 la. I'll be playing that one tonight. Yeah, I, I, I'd, like, I'd like to and make All of these songs are just freaking happy. They are. The happiest songs about, <laughs> about drinking, sex, and barnyard animals that I could ever imagine. Check the great and glorious Google. Find out if Gordon Lightfoot. Check his ethnicity. Sure, yeah. Let's see where Gordon We're going to do an from. ethnicity check. Whereas Daniel He's Tosh, Canadian. Whereas Daniel Tosh would say, racist or not racist. <laughs> What is, uh, he is Canadian. Good, because I was about to say, if I found out Gordon Lightfoot was Irish, I would go and rip his Irish ethnicity card out of his wallet, because all he writes is sad crap. Yeah, he's the from Ontario. Of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, that is... That's not a happy song. An Irishman would never... You're right. A song like he that. would maybe the melody, but the melody would would be probably in a major key, honestly. But it would also sound it would be about something happier. It would be probably. the party ship, the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yes, the party ship, the Sir the, Edmund Fitzgerald. We pulled all the beer on the deck and we puked. The party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this. It's loving it. That's it. We learned. Yeah, we learned a lot today about Van Morrison. We learned a lot about famous uh, Irish folk. And we even played a, uh, a jig or two. We so I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed the show as much as we have enjoyed doing it. We get together once a week, and the worst thing that uh, happens is we have fun. Have a good time. And we hope some of our listeners uh, snicker a little bit, giggle a little bit, and all that happy stuff. And, so, if you, and if you hate us and you listen anyway, that's fine, too. Where can they uh, find out more information about us? Go, you, can do, uh, you can go to our website directly, www.lightersideofdark.com. 
Did you pay Don your Kim. internet bill from last week, by the way? Because I know you're a great and glorious Google. I, I, I even had, last week. I had Joe list up and ready to go this time. For whatever reason, I don't know if the cookies didn't like me last week, but it would not let me pull up side splitters. Excuse me. Biscuits. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> no, no, biscuits. That's what they call cookies over in Great Britain. Oh, bis- oh, oh biscuits, yes. 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 Tea, third, tea and biscuits. I accept third, third party biscuits in my yep. uh, laptop. And a lorry and a flat and a lift. Um, if, you want to, if you want to email us, you can email us at listener at lightersideofdark.com. Uh, if you've got Facebook, you can find us at LSD Podcast or Lighter Side of Dark Podcast and like us on there. If we um, forgot any good Van Morrison songs or if we forgot any um, Irish people that we perhaps besmirched we, by not putting them on the list, please let us know. We may have. We would love to hear from you. So, everybody, hope you had a great time in the show. Paul, it's been a pleasure working with me. It's been great. Next week, we'll be back Lucky 7. Uh, we're talking next week, our featured musical artist. It's going to be odd, because this guy doesn't have a lot of music himself, but he's mm-hmm. been involved in some of the biggest music of history, Quincy Jones. Yeah, that'll allow us to kind of talk about how much influence he has had. And next week's uh, Mount Rushmore will be Famous sidekicks famous sidekicks we have not done no we have not famous sidekicks yet now we're gonna do famous sidekicks because every good hero needs a sidekick all right guys well we'll see you next week wear your masks stay safe we'll all get through this together take see you next week everyone it's solio from the lighter side of dark let's be honest 2020 has not been a lot of fun so far and we could all probably use some laughs when i need some laughs my favorite place in the world to be is at side splitters comedy club in tampa florida live stand-up comedy every wednesday through sunday night nationally touring acts there's even acts you've probably never heard of that are hilarious if you've never seen a live stand-up show i want you to go they are so much different in person and they are so much better you feel the energy you really feel like you're part of something special sidesplitterscomedy.com you can get your tickets online you can pick out your seats online so you can sit wherever you want if you want to be in the back because you're afraid that's fine you can do that go to sidesplitterscomedy.com and grab your tickets today Lighter Side of the Dark podcast is a brainchild of DJs Rob Smith and Paul Solio, a weekly podcast recorded in the famed DJ School Studios in Spring Hill, Florida. Original music provided by Seth Book and a local Tampa band called Utska. Announcer, Dave Anthony. Nothing in the podcast is meant to be taken seriously for entertainment purposes only. Written and produced by both Rob Smith and Paul Solio. Divisions of RSP Events and Entertainment and Solio Entertainment. Edited by Rob Smith. Written by Paul Solio. Hey everybody, Rob Smith here from The Lighter Side of Dark. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to listen to one of our podcasts. Don't be afraid to go back in the archives and start at the beginning. Season one, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. But first of all, thanks for being a listener. We do appreciate it.